they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome to the Bible with the Barbers. My wife is not here because she's at a funeral for a dear friend. And so I asked Father Charles Murr, my good friend, to join in because we've got some good things to share with you regarding reading the Bible and also what the Bible talks about preparing for death. I got 10 things you must do before you die that I think you're going to enjoy those. Father Murr, are you with us here at the Bible with the Barbers, my friend? I sure am. Oh, Greetings, sir. Greeting. Greeting. Father Murr's going to be speaking at the Women's Conference in just a couple weeks here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. Father Murr's a priest uh, from, New, from the, actually from the uh, Midwest in Minnesota. He's uh, retired in uh, San Francisco, but he's going to be coming down for the conference. And Father's well-formed. Father, can you just uh, greet our listeners and tell them a little background with your formation that you actually studied in Rome, did you not? I studied in Rome, yeah. I was there for ten, about 10 years. I That's think. a long time. What the heck did you study? <laughs> all, sorts of, all sorts of fun things. No, but with philosophy, I, I did, uh, correct? Didn't you have philosophy. a... Yeah. I studied philosophy and, and theology. Yeah, first philosophy, first theology. And then uh, I did a, a licensed degree or licentiate in uh, theology at the Gregorian and wow. also in... Philosophic, philosophical anthropology. Doesn't wow. that sound impressive? No, but it sounds yeah. good to yeah, me. It, it sounds more impressive than it is, believe me. Yeah, I love it. Father... But, I, yeah, and, and uh, I, I, I also... Then I, I went... Uh, I w- had the gr- a great privilege later on in life yes. to study uh, psychology at New York University uh, with, uh, with Paul, Dr. Paul Vitz. Oh, he's a great a man. Fantastic, uh, yeah. fantastic and very talented, brilliant man. Yeah. And, yeah... Anyway, that's your that's background. It. So I've got a little bit, a little bit of background and life experience, Terry. Oh my gosh! Experience. Yes, you've <laughs> you've had orphanages down in Mexico. You've worked with you've you've uh, you're the one who I tell that story about the general who had a deathbed conversion story. And I and I bet, Father, if you if when you come to speak to the women, September seventh, um, I'm hoping that you can share that story. But what what are you actually going to be uh, sharing with the women so that uh, if they haven't scheduled their time to come, maybe they'll want to come. Uh, they can go on the Virgin Most Powerful Radio. But what what actually are you going to share with the women at the women's conference on the seventh? Well, I'm I'm going to con- I'm going to try to contradict mm-hmm. uh, women, the weaker sex. Okay. I'm going to try to contradict that mm-hmm. because I don't believe they are the weaker sex. I never believed that. Okay. I, as a matter of fact, I've uh, I've always believed they were the stronger, <laughs> but, and. Uh, we're going. We're going to approach that. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. See what. See where the. Uh, mm-hmm. What women are all about, and uh, what they could be better at, and what they could be worse at. Uh, see it. where they are, Got and it. also as. Uh, yeah. In 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 family and in relations and all sorts of good things. I think it's going to be very good. Well, I think it's going to be good. If you want to register for that women's conference, uh, Doctor. Uh, well, my wife, Mary Danielle Barber, will be there, and Dr. Nicolosi will be there, and many others. It's going to be a great event. Call 877-526-2151 to register or go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org. Father, we have two topics today, and it's all on spirituality and the Bible, and really some practical things, because last time I looked, there, you know, there's a expiration date on that birth certificate that, you know, we're all been born, but we're all going to die eventually, so... 
we should prepare for that. And St. Ignatius of Loyola has written the spiritual exercises, and he applies it to reading Scripture. And since this is Bible with the Barbers, I'd like to just get your take on some things. I'm reading right from a book called The Shepherd of My Soul, which is an Ignatius uh, spirituality book on the on the on the exercises. Of oh, I read Ignatius. I read that I read that some years back. It's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful well, book. I'll give you the background. People will laugh. I had a hundred and ten uh, ten copies of that book because when Manresa Retreat House closed in Azusa, California. I knew that their library was in, in very large, and I went there and I bought all of the books. I bought all the statues. I sent a big statue to Mother Angelica of um, of a crucifix that was eleven feet tall, and uh, I made sure all these sacred items found good homes. And I've given these books out to so many people: Dr. Scott Hahn, Tim Staples, Jesse Romero, because it's a book that I really value. And let me tell you why I value it. It talks about mental prayer is the raising of your mind and heart to God in order to express to him your allegiance. When was the last time you heard that, folks? Your allegiance to God with your prayer life, mental prayer. Your gratitude for his many gifts and to ask him for the necessary graces for yourself and others. I know moms do that all the time. Give my son, my daughter, the necessary graces to be faithful to their duties and their state in life. So here's the thing that's really powerful, Father, and I want to get your take on this. The book says, in meditation, you apply three powers of your soul to prayer. And if you've never been taught this, this is like, what? This is meat and potatoes that we used to know, but for a long time, I don't know if we've got amnesia, or maybe we just haven't taught this, but these three powers are the memory, the understanding, and the will. Your memory recalls a religious or moral truth. Your understanding considers the truth and applies it to your personal life. Your will makes the practical resolution to transform this truth into action. Your thought about that, Father, did that make sense? Made sense to me. Oh wow! But that's that, that, my thought about that. That, that, that each one of those is yeah. an encyclopedia exactly. to write about. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Yes. Let me just let me just uh, uh, address one of the things that you were talking about because Ignatius, in his exercises, also mm-hmm. goes into the need for reading scripture. Yes. And for understanding scripture. That's right. And and, and to understand where you are in life and where you're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had, I was privileged yes. to have. Uh, an, an excellent professor at the Gregorian University by the name of Father John Navone. Ooh, I, think, yeah. I think he wrote, I don't know, either 30 or 60 books or something. He was, he was brilliant. He was famous, I know. He was, I know. Also yeah. one, he was also one of the, one of the, the most humorous, funny men you'd ever <laughs> want to meet. Brilliant, sharp. Good. Always Tell us about what did he teach you? But he gave he gave us he gave us a, a class on I, t- I followed I took a class a course from him on on Saint Luke. Good. I remember it distinctly. The narratives in Saint Luke, mm-hmm. and he went into narrative theology. And of course, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but when I was really I was really into the course after he, he started explaining. And what he made us do, and I think this is a great a great help for anyone reading scripture. Okay was to become different characters exactly. in what you were reading. Yep. In other words, yep. let me give you an example. Sure. Uh, the Good Samaritan. Yep. Uh, read read the, uh, in St. Luke the, the, the Gospel of the Good Samaritan. Being the Samaritan. Exactly. 
then read it being the man who was beaten up. Then read it as the priest and the Levite who passed by. <laughs> Perfect. Then read it as the innkeeper yeah. who took the man in. Each time you do that from a different perspective, yeah. You're understanding deeper and deeper and deeper what Christ is trying to say. And that's one of the principal reasons that our blessed Lord spoke in parables. That's exactly what he, what he wanted you to do. He invited you to, be, to become these people he was talking about, yep. the examples. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Anyway, it, it, made, it made it really did. And you saw it from all different points of view. It was great. Father, you just and for example, for, for example, just in, just in, let me let me just no keep the, going because it's beautiful the, what uh, you're saying. In the, in, in, no, but in, in the Good Samaritan, for example, Christ Himself is the man who was beaten, mm-hmm. and the Good Samaritan who saved him. He's yep. both of the characters. There you go. Right, it, it was fa- fabulous. Sure. But anyway, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. No, I like what you're going because this is exactly what this book. Shepherd of my soul is is explaining to people. So when we read the scriptures, we're like a rock on sitting on a rock with the Sermon of the Mount, and you're listening to our Lord give this sermon. And what you just said about playing different roles, I think what happens when we do that is the uh, the ex, the your insights onto how this applies to you in your own life become really real. So I appreciate you saying that now. If people wanted to look Father's name up and maybe get some of the books, could you give his name again and spell it for our listeners, the priest who gave you that information? Sure. It's Father John Navone, N-A-V-O-N-E, comma, mm-hmm. S-J, S-J, Jesuit. Uh, Father Navone uh, was was one of my best friends in life. Uh, he was my, my professor, my teacher, but we became we became very close friends. He he just he died uh, uh, two years ago Christmas. Wow, he lived a long uh, life. A, a great, yeah, he lived a long life and a joyful one. I'll tell you that it was yeah. beautiful. But his, and his writings are are they're very orthodox. Yeah, and they're very real. They're very real. You know, one of the things too that he did. Tell me. I mean, I should explain this because I think I think it, I think your listeners would be interested in. Uh, especially when we're talking about in the in the Ignatian retreat, uh, contemplation, yes, meditation. Right? Anybody who's going to make a retreat is going to, you know, take inventory first of all. Sure. This is, this is very important to do. That's right. Take inventory, just like you would in a store. Yep. You know how much is how much is missing from the shelf? What's too? There's too much of. There. Just take inventory. But before you begin meditation. And, and it, this comes to mind because uh, not long ago, just a few days ago, I talked, uh, I, I talked to a good friend mm-hmm. out of a panic attack. Wow. Now, you may think, you no, may they're think real. Where, they're real. Where, am I, where am I going? Where am I going with this? Yeah. But be patient just a minute. And I'll... Hang on, Father. We've got my, the music's coming on for the break. This is a good oh, teaser. We've got music coming on. Yeah. Right. So I want to invite you to hang on until after the break. Father... Charles Murr is going to talk about how he helps someone with a panic attack using spirituality. I love it. We'll be back with much more of the Bible with the Barbers. My wife's at a funeral, and Father Charles is filling in for us. Don't turn that dial. You can't wait to hear what he has to say when we come right back.
Hi, this is Barbara Nicolosi, and we're having a women's conference here at the Sacred Heart Chapel in Covina on September 7th, 2019. This is going to be a great, great day for you to come and meet a bunch of new friends, wonderful Catholic women who want to deepen their Catholic faith and their understanding of themselves as women. You know, this era right now, we're in so much confusion. What is it to be a man? What is it to be a woman? You know, the Catholic Church has a lot to say about this, and we're going to hear about them. We're going to hear about John Paul II's letter on women that he wrote from Mary Danielle Barber. is going to talk about that. She's going to talk about Mary as a model for all of us. It's a topic that we can never reflect on too much. I'm going to talk about Teresa of Avila and the interior castle and how a mystical marriage is what all of us should be called to, or are called to as Catholics in our prayer lives, and especially as women in the church. Aileen Blakowski is going to talk about motherhood and homeschooling. And then Father, we have, uh, finally, we have Father Charles Murray. He's going to be the celebrant of the Eucharist. He's going to be here hearing confessions. It's going to be an amazing day. We're going to have an hour of adoration together, time to pray, time to laugh and eat, reflect, uh, grow in our passion for our Catholic faith and our identity as Catholic women. You don't want to miss it. You want to come. You want to bring your friends. You want to bring your daughters, your nieces. That's really an affordable day. So go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org and you can register for this conference or call 877-526-2151. The Women's Conference is going to be a great event for the Archdiocese of, of Los Angeles area, Southern California Catholics. You don't want to miss it. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%! Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. My wife's at a funeral. I've got my good friend, Father Charles Murr, joining us. And he had a pretty interesting topic. He's talking about a friend of his recently who had a panic attack And he was able to help the individual through prayer and meditation avoid that attack. So I'm all ears. I'm on the edge of my chair, Father. Continue with the story, please. Okay. Well, actually, maybe I'm I'm building too much of a bridge between one thing and the other. However, (laughs) I see it. I see the relation. Sure. The relationship between between this friend with a panic attack. I've I've helped quite a number of people with with the same thing. And with meditation, Mm -hmm. with contemplation. And meditation, and it was and it was something that I learned at NYU in psychology. Now Mm -hmm. you've got to be careful with psychology. Mm -hmm. You've got to be careful with it, right? Because a lot of it has its own ideology, and it's an ideology going in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Okay, but they also there are also also some good things and techniques that come from it, and we can apply. Sure, we can apply them. Now, what is the connection between a panic attack and preparing yourself for meditation? Breathing, breathing exercises, mm-hmm. just a, a simple breathing exercise for what? To clear your mind. You know, when we get into prayer, the idea of getting into prayer is to shake off the world, mm, to shake the dust of the world 
off, to leave it outside and come inside. Get rid of that. Get rid of the world. Get rid of the preoccupations, the worries, the concerns. Leave them out. Leave them on your doorstep, right? Right. This is the same thing that happens, I think, in a panic attack. A lot of things build up, and we're carrying an awful lot of things, and all of a sudden, uh, we lose control, and we just we're afraid. This is what happens in a, an anxiety attack, right? And this is happening, by the way, more and more frequently, especially in the West. Huh? This, is, this is becoming a, a more common occurrence, these, these anxiety attacks. Right. Breathing is a very important thing, and I've told this to, to, to religious also that I've given retreats to over the years, priests and religious, just to just take two, three, five minutes at the most, slow breathing. Mm-hmm before you begin anything, just to find tranquility and peace in yourself. And you do this just by this. Here's something simple. And, and I give this as an example to somebody, to, to a lot of people. Sit down, find a comfortable place to be for meditation. Breathe in deeply, as deeply as you can, imagining your favorite color. Imagine such a thing. Let's say your favorite color is is a is a is a, a a deep green. Take that color and make it your breath. Breathe it in. Get it all the way to your toes. Mm-hmm. Breathe it down low. And exhale. Slowly. You'll find just with two or three minutes of this, you you sort of. You sort of cleanse yourself. You know, every once in a while I hear with the, even with the new agers, this is what scares me a little bit. Of course. But they'll say, let's take a, cle- let's take a cleansing breath, mm-hmm. right? A cleansing breath. Well, I've always thought that was kind of, it's just silly talk. Not necessarily, not at all. As a matter of fact, I shouldn't say not necessarily, not at all. It works. It works to just get you into a good place. Then start meditation. Then start meditation. Something else that I would suggest to people when they, when they try to, to meditate, don't take a huge period of time out to begin with. And when you're meditating, this is something that I've learned on my own. Mm-hmm. Whether it's absolutely true or not, I don't know. You can try it. I keep my eyes open. I don't close my eyes. Mm-hmm. I keep my eyes open and fixed for example, on a crucifix or on the Blessed Sacrament in the tabernacle or, or a statue or a mm-hmm. painting, or, mm-hmm. but fixed somewhere. Mm-hmm. Because I find that when I, I close my eyes, I get lost a lot. I, 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 I meander all over the place. And when I'm looking at, at, at our Lord crucified, an image of, of Christ crucified, the crucifix, mm-hmm. which is the symbol of, of, uh, the, symbol of the God-man come to earth, the symbol of love, it, I, I stay fixed better on that. I just do. But the, the preparation for it is that cleansing. Yeah. It's the same kind of cleansing that you use to talk someone out of a panic attack. What you're doing is teaching him or her to breathe slowly and gain control. Well, you want to gain that control also for meditation. You want that. And, it, and it, it makes you a peaceful place to begin with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then this helps greatly with meditation. From there on, you can read scripture. Again, not a lot. You don't need a lot. But right. uh, 
I, I just find those things helpful and conducive. Also, there's something else I would say about it, about, about meditation. Uh, don't be upset with yourself if every time you, you, you're, 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 you're kneeling or sitting or standing in meditation, mm-hmm. uh, you're not fixed on something and you don't, you don't finish elated with yourself that it was a wonderful experience. There are a lot of times that are just not great experiences in prayer. They're not. The most important thing is to be with, to be with Christ, to be with, to be present. You know, how, how many times if you've, gone, if you've gone to nursing homes or hospitals, I, I try to go as, as often as I can to visit people who need or don't need a priest, whatever, but sometimes they just need a friend. You'll be with people without saying a word and just hold a hand for five, ten minutes. Uh, th- that being with communicates a fantastic love, peace, tranquility. It's a meditation in itself. The, even if you don't come out of a, of a, of a period of meditation or a, a, a phase of meditation that you wanted, you, you've, you've allotted from 9 to 9.30 or something, mm-hmm. you don't come out feeling anything, it doesn't matter that you feel great about it. You were present. You were present with the Lord. And, and, and I would suggest to any Catholic who's listening that, that any meditation in, in real prayer, in deep prayer, be in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Yeah. Always be in front of the Blessed Sacrament. What a treasure we have. Not only, not only are we in the mystical presence of, of, of God, as we are always and everywhere, but we're, we're in his physical presence. We're in his absolute real presence. With fantastic graces that we have to take advantage of all these things. Anyway, I'm... Well said, Father. And, you know, when you, I was hoping you would talk about the Blessed Sacrament because it seems that we live in a world that's very, very busy. Most of the people listening, moms and dads, people going to work, the school schedule, children's schedule. And, you know, even if you can't make it to the Blessed Sacrament, which is really, for a lot of us, it's not that far from our home. But um, would you also recommend in the home little prayer rooms, Father, where some people tell me they have a little statue and it's kind of like their little place where they can take, you know, 15, 20 minutes to uh, to read a couple verses of the Bible and to really just slow down uh, the day and think about, you know, uh, the, the scriptures. Or even I wanted to ask you, Father, the, the, the idea of counting your blessings for the day before our blessed Lord, whether it's sure. in the blessed Absolutely. sacrament or just... At the end of the day, and everybody likes to say some prayers at the end of the day and thanking God, but would you agree that um, an attitude of gratitude is really uh, welcomed everywhere, but it also helps you in your prayer life when you acknowledge the blessings that the Lord has given to you uh, for that day? To be sure, to be sure. But, you know, you, and you mentioned something that, that's also very important, a place, mm-hmm. a particular place. There are places that are conducive yeah. to prayer and to meditation. There are places that are not. A disco is not. That's true. Right. Uh, and look, how many times have you heard this from? You've heard this from people who are who are looking for your emotional well-being, mm-hmm. whether it be spiritual or simply emotional. Don't take your work home with you. There you go. Right? You've heard that. Yes, I have. How many? And there are there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people who today because of with computers sure. are doing their work 
at home, mm-hmm. in the same place that they eat, the same place that they talk, the same place. There's never a change of, of venue. There's never a change of place. Yep. It, and and some of them, some of them even sleep in the same room. Right. So, True. <laughs> you you have a bedroom for a reason, a kitchen for a reason, a living room for a reason. You have a bathroom for a reason. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> You've got all of these different places for, for natural reasons. Yep. They should be used that way. Meditation should also have its own place. If you can to make just a, a, a you know, a, a, a small enough space in, in your house, just a corner. It doesn't have to be its own room, no. but some place that's, that, that's, that's there for that reason. That would be a great thing to do. I'm, I'm spoiled, and so are you, because yes. yeah. whenever we wish, we, we can, we can uh, come That's to right. the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament yeah, and be sure. in His presence. A lot of people can't, but they can do, they can do the next best thing. They, they, can, they, can, they can ask Christ to be present and make the promise of the first chance they get to visit Him in the Blessed Sacrament. Well said. I just want to mention... <laughs> Yeah, but about, to be in the, to be in the presence of sure. to be in the presence of, of of our Lord. That's great. What a what a it's an that's a meditation in itself. That's right. Just being there, right? Remember what Fulton J. Sheen? Yeah, you're a, you're a fanatic. Sure, Sheen, I am. So Full Sheen ahead. Go ahead. Bishop Sheen. Bishop Sheen when he fell asleep that yeah. one time he was oh, yeah, traveling yeah. all over the his world holy hour, and yeah. he hadn't made his holy hour. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he woke up exactly after an hour, and he had he realized that he had fallen asleep for the entire hour, and, and he he apologized to the Lord, and he heard he heard the Lord say to him, "Don't worry, that's the way my first disciples made their first holy hour." That's right. Asleep. That's right. Well said. <laughs> but he was present. He was well present, said. Okay. For those who are thinking, well, meditation is hard to do. Let me just give you an example. It really isn't when you think about it. Have you ever been hurt by somebody? Yes, we all have, right? And have you ever thought about that person hurting you and you started meditating on that? That's meditation. So let's just change the thought. In other words, change the content of your meditation from someone hurting you to a scripture reading or a something in your life that you're asking God, meditating on and look, asking and talking to Jesus. That's a proper meditation. The other one, you know, yes, it's meditation on someone who hurt me, but that's just tearing you up. So we can all meditate. That's the point of that story. Hey, when we come back with Father Charles Murr, we're going to be talking about another topic, the 10 things you must do before you die. What? Is that in the Bible? Oh, yeah. There's no expiration date on that Bible. So we're going to share. I'll just give you a teaser. The first one is about forgiveness. And it's right out of Matthew chapter 18. I'll just leave that one where it says, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. I'm going to ask Father Murr to comment on that. As a priest, I imagine over the years, he's run into a lot of people who have had difficulty forgiving. And maybe it's you. Maybe today we can help you forgive someone who you needed to forgive for years. We'll be back with the Bible with the Barbers with Father Charles Murr, Terry Barber. Don't turn that down. We'll be right back. Welcome, Daniel. 
You're on the line. What's on your mind, brother? Hi, I just wanted to share a testimony about Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I had a buddy at work who, you know, he looked warm Catholic guy, and I wanted him to start listening to the Terry and Jesse show, so I kept telling him to download the app, and he kept putting me off. So one day, I grabbed his phone, and I downloaded the app for him. I went on vacation, and you know, I kept telling him to listen to it. He was kind of put me off. I came back from vacation. He comes to my cubicle, and he says to me, Hey, man, I've been listening to the Terry and Jesse show, and it's great. And it's uh, made a big impact in his life. The guy, he's going to weekly adoration a couple times a wow. week. He goes to the mass in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an on-fire Catholic, and he promotes uh, the Terry and Jesse show and the Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Wow. Daniel, what a testimony. And I want to encourage our listeners to get those cards by going to virginmostpowerfulradio.org and uh, do what Daniel's doing. Go out and spread the faith by inviting people to listen to Virgin Most Powerful. Daniel, thanks for your testimony, brother. God love you. You're welcome. This is Terry Barber reminding you, there's a women's conference coming up September 7th, 2019 at the Sacred Heart Chapel. Mary Danielle Barber will be speaking along with Barbara Nicolosi. They're going to be talking about true femininity, be who you are. This is going to be for your daughters, your mothers. Every woman should be at this conference. And the way to do it is go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org or call 877-526-2151. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites the Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US1. This is Jesse Romero. You're listening to Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back. This is the Bible with the Barbers. My wife's out of town at a, at a funeral, and Father Charles Murr is joining me. We're talking about 10 things you must do before you die. And I just read from the gospel, uh, from the gospel about forgiveness, Matthew chapter 18, and I want to ask Father Charles Murr to comment, but before I ask him to do that, there's a saint that I think will put him in front of Father Charles, and he'll probably say, yeah, St. Francis de Sales, yeah, what does he have to say? <laughs> Amen. Uh, he says, oh. have patience with all things, but first with yourselves. Never confuse your mistakes with your value as a human being. You're a perfectly valuable, creative, worthwhile person simply because you exist. You know, God made you. And no amount of triumphs or tribulations can ever change that. Unconditional self-acceptance is the core of a peaceful mind. So, Father, there's two things I'm going to ask you. Matthew chapter 18, and then a great saint about the idea of how forgiveness has got to be in our life. We've got to be able to forgive. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it it comes after breathing. (laughs) That was a good one. Yeah, I I think it it follows its number two. Forgiveness is right right after breathing. Yeah, it, uh, it it it's 
it's an absolute. It's a, it. it's it's fundamental. Yeah. It's why we're surrounded. It's why we're surrounded by 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 flawed personalities, mm. and why those flawed personalities are surrounded by us. Yes. Because we're the same way. It's what it's all about. You know, the the, the, the it's 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 really diabolical when we get hurt mm-hmm. and and not can't not can't but refuse to let go mm-hmm. of the hurt we refuse to let go it's an act of will we're going to hold on to it uh it's it and then we kid ourselves into thinking that if i just hold on to this mm-hmm. we'll hold on to what hold on to hatred it's it's really a form of hatred, yeah. a degree to one degree or another of hatred. If I hold on to it, and if I hate strong enough, I'll be damaging the person I hate. I'll take care of the object of my hatred by hating him. What this does, and anybody who's gone through this knows, ultimately, it is like a cancer and turns right back on yourself. And it eats you alive. Wow. It is a wise man and wise woman who learns how to forgive. You've, you've, it's, and, it's, and it's essential to the Christian message. The world is telling us constantly, you don't forgive, you get even. Get even. Get even. Mm-hmm. Take them to court. Sue them. This, that, you know. and, and Christianity, our Lord is telling us, no. Forgive, just as he answered Peter. Always, always, always. Can I tell you something personal? I want to hear it. I can tell you. You bet. It's just you and I, Father. You and I talking, right? Yeah, that's right. Nobody else is listening, right? (laughs) I love it. For the longest, for the longest time in my life, for a, a long period of time, I had a real problem forgiving, forgiving. At least one person, maybe a couple, but yeah. at least but one in particular. Mm-hmm. And the, the but the problem was the, the following: every time I would get to the point of forgiving, and how did I do that? You know how I did that? Yes. Practically speaking, we, we like to be practical in the spiritual life, right? Yeah. I would get to the point. I would get to a point with the grace of God always. To be able to say to God, honestly, I want you to bless this person. I want good for this person. Please be a conduit of good. Mm. Send grace to this person. Beautiful. When you can get to that point, yep. you've forgiven. You're wow. there. That's You're beautiful. there. All right. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. There are people who never let go of the hatred and they keep hurting and keep hurting and keep hurting. I think many parents know they have experienced this with a son or a daughter uh, who they've forgiven and they've forgiven and they've forgiven and forgiven and on and on and on. And it just keeps going. Every time you want to forgive, you think you have. There's something new that comes up, a new insult, a new hurt from the same person. 
And that's kind of what I was experiencing with this with this one individual. Sure. Right. Yeah. All right. So the other this is this is a few years ago. I'm I'm here at St. Ignatius Church at the University of San Francisco, right across from the Carmelite Sisters. You know, I know the place, place well. well. Yep. And, and yeah, well, what is her last name? Immaculata. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking about? Yes, the I African. Do. Yes, of course. Of course. Woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can't remember her last name, but it, immaculate. Beautiful, beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Sure. R- right, immaculate. Mm-hmm. Immaculate. Mm-hmm. She gave a talk at St. Ignatius. Right. I went to that. Yeah. Uh, and I heard her whole story. Sure, it's powerful. Story. Po- very powerful, very powerful story. I mean, you think you've been hurt. <laughs> listen listen yeah. to that. But I had a question for her, and I waited until everybody left. Now, you can imagine a priest with a question of this nature. Yeah. Imagine. But I was so upset by the whole thing, I didn't care who I asked. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted an answer. <laughs> and if it was, I looked, I'm looking all over, I said, Here's the problem, and I said, when the when the when you forgive, but then there's another hurt, and and it's sort of like picking at a scab. Yeah. It's it never heals. It never heals. I said, how do you deal with that kind of a problem? And you know what she said? And you know, I I love these because saints talk this way. <laughs> you anybody else, you would take it as sarcasm or or, sure. or cutting, but not from a saint. She said. She said, look to our Lord on the cross. Wow. Yeah. I said, well, what? yeah, what? She said, well, he forgave, and they hadn't finished killing him yet. Good point. I said, wow. Powerful. I said, yeah. Powerful. <laughs> That's it. That's it. He forgave, and it wasn't done yet. Yeah. And they were going to continue insulting, continue hurting, continue killing him. But he forgave and forgave. He forgave up until the last. Uh, that helped an awful lot. Imagine, Father. Helped an awful lot. And Father, that just an just lot. to mention but, that, but that forgiveness, partic- forgiveness, forgiveness yeah. is essential. Absolutely, there is no such thing as a Christian life without it. That's it. Yeah, Immaculate's story is on a DVD that we have here. If we want, it, we'll give it away. If you just make a little donation, that story that Father's talking about, we videotaped it and interviewed her. On a DVD, if you call 877-526-2151, that might be a good one for you to get. And also, a audio CD called Forgiveness by um, Deacon Bob McDonald, Anger and Forgiveness. I've distributed about 300,000 copies through Lighthouse. Powerful, powerful. Deacon Bob McDonald's a permanent deacon, but he's also a medical doctor. And uh, had a powerful uh, things to say on that. So if you call 877-526-215 and get a couple copies of that CD or Immaculate's DVD of her story. She spent six weeks in a bathroom locked up. And I won't tell all the circumstances, but you talk about having to forgive somebody when it kills your relatives. Oh, my gosh, it was a horrible story. But powerful, powerful witness. Father Murr, there's a statement here that says an apology is like duct tape of life. It can repair just about any relationship. So I thought that that's what came to my mind while I was listening to you. And then I want to ask you, because as a priest, I'm sure you've counseled a lot of married couples, but there's a comment here that says, a happy marriage is a union of two forgivers. Would that make sense in what you're saying? I, 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 I relate that to my own marriage. That never makes sense. Are you kidding me? What a great way of saying it. Two forgivers. So we have to forgive each other, because guess what? And everybody knows who's married right now. 
Have you ever ticked off your wife? Of course you have. How about your husband? Of course. Forgiveness is essential in a marriage. And I want to just encourage our listeners to get also something, three to get married by Archbishop Fulton Sheen. That's something we also have. I'm giving this stuff away because I feel inspired to. Three to get married. It's taken from his Life is Worth Living series. Get the whole set on an MP3 disc with a DVD, Our Catholic Faith. You'll get five talks on marriage by Archbishop Sheen, and you got another 45 other talks, all for like, give us a $20 donation, and I'll give you the $20 DVD and the 50 talks by Sheen. Why? Because forgiveness is essential. Call 877-526-2151. Father, I have to ask you about forgiveness with our parents. parents. A lot of kids have told me over the years that they have a hard time forgiving their parents for whatever they did when they were young, but that's a real common element. What, what, What suggestions would you give a young person now that they're in their 30s or 40s and their elderly parents are getting up there in age and they haven't been able to forgive their, their parents for whatever reason. What what suggestion would you give for them? The first suggestion I'd give them? Tell me, yeah. Grow up. <laughs> Why don't you really tell me what you think? That was great. Grow up. Yep. Grow up. Yep. Grow up. Yep. You know, the, 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 the greatest thing about life is that we walk and we make our own mistakes and we fall and fall and fall and keep getting up. Well, if that happens to us, it can happen to other people. There's also something else, too. Uh, In in the book that uh, a couple people have told me this, but I remember Mother Pasqualina, the 12th secretary for 42 years. She told me one time about about the, the life in the convent, right? She said, uh, I, I think she said there, I can't remember the exact number. She said there are there are ten sisters, there are ten sisters who, who live in this house with me. Mm-hmm. She said I love all ten. Three I like. <laughs> I love it. That's a good distinction to make. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> My mother said that. She used to say that too about us. She said I've got I've got I've got seven children. She said I love all seven. Two of them I like. I love it. Here's the music again. We're going to come back with Father Charles Murr. Liking and loving. Yeah, in just a moment, we'll be right back. Remember, forgiveness is the final form of love. When we come back, we're going to talk about the second thing you need to do before you die. We'll be right back. This is Mary Danielle Barber, and I would like to invite you to join us here at the Sacred Heart Chapel in downtown Covina for a true femininity, be who you are, women's conference, Saturday, September 7, 2019, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Barbara Nicolosi and I will be speaking. It's $35 a person, and you can register at virginmostpowerfulradio.org or call 877 877- Five two six two one five one. We hope to see you at the Women's Conference, September 7, 2019. Jesus said to the apostles in Luke chapter 10, Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me. According to St. Boniface, 
In her voyage across the ocean of this world, the church is like a great ship being pounded by the waves of life's different stresses. Our duty is not to abandon ship, but to keep her on course. May our Lord help us remain ever faithful to his church to aid and defend her. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for your support for the Terry and Jesse Show. We now have a program where you can donate your old jalopy, your old car that you don't want anymore, and 80% of that profit will come right back to the Terry and Jesse Show. You just call 855-500-7433. Tell them you want to donate your car to the Catholic Resource Center, and that will support us. Call 855-500-7433. Thank you, and God love you. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites the Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. My wife will be back next Tuesday for the Bible with the Barbers. She's at her funeral. My good friend, Father Charles Murr, is making me laugh, but he's also stimulating my thoughts about 10 things you must do before you die. We won't get to the 10 things because this is our last segment but we already talked about forgiveness, and now I'm talking about giving thanks. Colossians chapter 3, since this is Bible with the Barbers, we're going to quote scripture with you. Colossians chapter 3 says, dedicate yourselves to thankfulness. So I want to just ask Father this question. I mean, I, I talk about an attitude of gratitude and thanking God before I go to bed every night for all the blessings. But have you ever even thought about even your, your body, your, your, your brain or your heart? Uh, I mean, it beats about a hundred times, hundred thousand times. It uh, the heart pumps five quarts of blood per minute, per minute, approximately two thousand gallons a day. On uh, all these, you know, that the body is set up. God gave us our body, so I mean, that's just one element to thank God for. But Father Charles, being a priest uh, and talking to people who have challenges in life, which we all have challenges. But do you find that people who forget to thank God for the blessings in their life seem to be uh, having more problems just operating as a normal person? Or am I just um, imagining that? What's, your, what's been your experience with, with people that don't thank God for the blessings? Well, I think that people who don't thank God don't thank anyone, do they? That's a good point. It's, it's, not, just, it's, not, just, it's not just poor God who's all about me. That. Yeah. Uh, it's anybody. They don't know how to thank anybody. Good point. And uh, it's, that's really pathetic because nobody, nobody uh, put himself together. Nobody. Uh, that's right. Did everything in the world for himself, and we're we're all dependent on other people. And there are a lot of people to thank. Yeah. I mean, it's just obvious. I I think by by not being thankful. Yeah. Tell me. We're not being we're not being honest. We're not being honest. And and we also build up a false image of self, don't we? Yep. Because I did this. I did this. Yep. Uh, this this wouldn't be if 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 not for me. I did. I did. I I want. I made. I built. 
it's and it's not that way. But so what you know, everything that we we've received everything from from so many people, ultimately from God who works through all those people. Yeah, uh, gratitude is gratitude is 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 very important, mm-hmm. very important. And I you know it's it's important for us to say thankful uh, to say thank you mm-hmm. for us to be thankful. Uh, but if you're expecting thanks, yes you're going to be very disappointed. Big time. And I think that that's that's why that's what makes a lot of people uh ingrates or unthankful because they haven't been thanked. But you have to remember remember what our Lord said with the 10 uh, the 10 lepers, right? Sure. The, the 10 where, where are the other 9? Yeah. One came back. You know, in other words, he got a 10% return on his on his investment. Sure. Right? 10%. Ten percent, one out of the ten came back to say thank you. The other nine didn't. Wow. Uh, and you know, sometimes dealing with people, I've said this. I've said this to God in prayer. When, uh, I said, I said, actually, it went pretty well for you. There are times I don't even have the one coming back out of ten yep. to say thank you. Yeah. Right. But if we if we go there, if we expect that thanks, it's the wrong. It's the wrong thing. The most important thing about being thankful is that we ourselves are thankful, Amen. not that other people thank us, not that other people, because you're not going to you're not going to build anything waiting for people to come and thank you. That's not going to happen. You got it. St. Ambrose says no duty is more urgent than that of returning thanks. And I have a story, Father, and I want you to comment on it of a little boy. And you'll like this story. You've heard it maybe before, but a little boy gave his mother a bill and the bill listed the chores he had done. And he charged his mom for each one, like for cutting the grass, $3, for taking out the garbage, 75 cents, for drying the dishes, 50 cents. You know, the total was $7.75. The mother looked at the bill, studied it a bit, and then turned it over and began to write on the other side. You'll like this. Number one, for caring, for carrying you next to my heart as you grew for nine months, no charge. For rocking you to sleep on my lap on a thousand nights, no charge. For nursing your bruises, knees, and scraped elbows, no charge. For times I baked your favorite cookies, no charge. For helping you with your homework, no charge. For wiping your tears and holding you when you were afraid, no charge. For always telling people what a neat kid you are, no charge. For praying for you every day, no charge. The mother handed the piece of paper back to the son, and the little boy read his mother's list, smiling more and more as he went down the page. Then he turned the list over to where he had written the bill, and he wrote, paid in full. You like that story, Father? Good for him. (laughs) That little boy figured it all out, didn't he? That mother, I'll tell you, that was a good mama. Taught him something there. Father, there's there's so much to say uh, about an attitude of gratitude, but I just want to ask you one more thing, that because uh, we only have a couple f- six minutes left, I want to move to one that's really uh, something that is important in our lives, and uh, it's a, something that that I think all of us will um, realize, and that is to to let go some things we just can't control in life. Um, Mark chapter eight thirty six says. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? And so for for letting go, you know, in other words, in life, uh, 
we can't control all the circumstances in our family or, you know, we have free will. What can you say about it's just, you know, not trying to control everything in life? What, what, what do you say about that? How can we help with that issue? Well, I, I, maybe the first step is to realize that it's impossible. <laughs> yeah, you think? I agree with you. I mean, to, to control everything is, is simply impossible. Yep. I mean, once you know that, yeah. that's a big help, right? You got it. It's a step in the right direction. Right. And, and uh, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, there are so many people that, uh, what was that? Uh, what was that? There was a line in, in Going My Way when Bing Crosby oh. talked to Mr. Yeah. Bogardis. Yes. Uh, he, had just, he had just kind of come from the doctor and he was experiencing a sort of conversion. Yes, I remember and, that. And Bing Crosby, or Father O'Malley, yeah. left him with one thought. He said, I may only pass this way but once. There you go. Any good that I can do, let me do it now. Right? Yeah. Well, some people some people are going to enter our lives for I don't know, 50 years. Yeah. 100 years. Yeah. Some people for 30 seconds. And that's it. We're never going to see them again. Mhm. To any one of those people, we have to learn to take advantage of the time we have with them. Yep. And to let go. Yep. What is the thing that it's kind of it sounds a little bit corny, but the that there was a saying in the late sixties or seventies that came out, "Let go and let God." Right? Yeah, yeah, let, that's but, right. But that, but that's really that's really it. Mm-hmm. That's really it. Well said, Father Charles. Simple. You know, as a priest, you run into a lot of people uh, who are struggling with just having a relationship with God. In other words, bringing God into their life. If you were to give them a, 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 let's just say you were a doctor and you're going to give them a prescription of things to do to get better, what would be a short list of, of a prescription for just all of us who are listening saying, what can I do to get closer to God? Give me a little prescription of things that would you would suggest each of us to do. Well, what did, what did Christ himself say? Who loves me... Mm-hmm keeps my commandments yep right he yep. loves me keeps my commandment mm-hmm. now i'll tell you this in my experience tell me of people and things and places and all of that uh the people that i've run into who say they don't believe in god i've run into a lot who say they don't believe in god but i've also been with them when they died yeah right the <laughs> and, and and the story is a little bit different then right yeah, when they're yeah. facing that however what I'm saying is, for people who say they don't believe in God, it's not, I mean, I've found, it's not that they don't believe in God. It's not that they can't believe in God. It's not that they don't have enough faith, right? Mm-hmm. It's that they're not living properly. They're not living correctly. And that not living properly is the obstacle. And when they would believe in God, when they would believe in God, when they would get to that point where they, they do believe in God, it would require a change in their lifestyle. That is what they're not willing to give up. Wow. So the, the blame is on God and a lack of faith in God. When it's not there at all, it's the way we're living. It's the way we're living. That's why we were given the Ten Commandments. Yep. They're, they're, they're not negatives. They're positives. It's the way to live. If we're living correctly, honestly, trying our best, yeah. there isn't a person who can't believe in God. 
if we're selfish, everything for self, uh, cheating people in business, cheating people in marriage, in relations, everything else, of course there's no room for God. There's no way to see him. There's no way to see him. He's truth. And if we're not living in truth, not going to work. So I think this is what this is what everyone is saying too with the the theological virtues. Yes, the, the, are built on the natural virtues. That's right. They, they, what, they, it's there is a goodness innate in us that if that that has to be right. If we're living correctly, we'll be with God. We'll have faith in God. We'll have a relationship with God. If not, not it's not going to happen. Absolutely. Uh, that's kind of I, maybe that's the reason that so many people when they. So, so many people who haven't believed in God, who weren't uh, full participants, mm-hmm. even partially part- participants in life, when they get older, when they get older, and that's been my experience with an awful lot of people. Mm-hmm. They're in their 80s and in their 90s, and they come to know God. Well, yes, because the time for selfishness and everything else is over, and they can look back and see that that didn't get them too much. Right. Then they can begin. This is why there are so many conversions on deathbeds. Yes. So many, so many older people who come to God. I haven't been to confession for 72 years. No. I heard not too long ago. Wow. That's a long 72 time. 72 years. That's a long right? time. Now, that's it. But anyway, where am I going with all this? Uh, it's the, the way we live separates us from God. That's it. This is this is the problem. holy habits. And when we're with God, we live differently. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I hear the music. Father Charles Murr, thanks for joining in at the Bible with the Barbers. I really appreciate your words of wisdom and I hope we can Terry, uh, have I you come again. I appreciate your friendship. Oh, well, it's mutual. It's mu- and Father Murr's going to be at the women's conference the 7th of September uh, with my wife and also Barbara Nicolosi and others. And if you haven't had a chance to sign up for the uh, Women's Conference, go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org under events or call 877-526-2151. Father Charles Merle, thanks again for joining us here at the Bible with the Barbers. God love you, brother. Thank you, Terry. And again, don't forget the Women's Conference. Go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org. Check out all the events. And may God richly bless you and your family. And my wife will be back tomorrow. No, next Tuesday. God love you. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole Church, grant it love and the light of thy Spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great High Priest, May the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.